Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. Well, hello, my gorgeous people, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Conversations with your host, Adele Tevlin. It has been a while since I've been here in a live episode with a guest. I've actually been off of work for the last month. How glorious to run a business that you can truly step away from um, and still thrive. I have so much to say about that. I was on a 10-day life-altering experience training course out in Calgary and I'm still integrating that experience and can't wait to share more and bring more of this magic of what I experienced into my work. Um, It was truly a profound way to start the year and it's going to set up a beautiful year for myself and my community. But on today's episode... That is not what we're talking about. In today's episode, I have an incredible guest with me and her name is Sophia Sundari. And I think we're going to have an incredible conversation. You'll understand why when I read you her bio. So Sophia is an author, transformational facilitator, spiritual mentor, and CEO of her seven-figure brand. She runs online programs and in-person immersions with a focus on empowered living, erotic embodiment, and spiritual refinement. Throughout her work, wisdom keys drawn from ancient teachings that include tantric, Taoism, Western esoteric science, and transpersonal psychology, she is made uh, applicable to modern day leaders' lives. And I mean, we have so many synchronicities, as you can see. I can't wait to dive into today's episode. So let's do that right now. Well, hello, my friend, Sophia. It is so nice to have you on this podcast. Like we said before we pressed record, we've been trying to make this happen for so long, but I'm a big believer and I think you're the same that everything happens in divine timing. And I, I'm i going to try not to get emotional on this podcast because, um, and, you know, we're going to have you share a little bit about who you are to the, to the audience, but we're just going to dive into, I think, a very powerful conversation. I'm coming off of um, a 10-day immersive experience out in Calgary, um, and I'm still integrating this experience. You're the first conversation I've had in the human world <laughs> since oh. I've been back other than my family. So there's a lot coming up for me, and I feel like we what we're going to talk about today around love self-love, self-compassion maybe, because I've been really diving into self-compassion, self-honoring, I think is such an important conversation today now more than ever for so many reasons. But also that I think that the way that so many of us are raised in believing that what love is, is actually not really what love is. And Mm -hmm. 
I'm just, I'm coming into understanding that on a whole new level based on this experience I was in. And so before we dive in, maybe tell the audience a little bit about you. I've given them your bio so they know your credentials, but maybe something more heart-centered about you and then we'll dive in. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I love that we're going to talk about love because that's, <laughs> that's what my life is about. And I, I know that when there were some of the more challenging times in my life, when I had to face depression and like really dark areas inside of me, the only thing that made sense for me to stay in this human realm for was love. Mm -hmm. and uh, love is the power that fascinates me that I'm an eternal student of that guides me that I surrendered my life to again and again and again and over the years I keep understanding deeper and deeper meaning of what it actually means to yes. surrender my life to love and um, now also with this recent experience that I've had I just separated with, from my partner of four years I'm also understanding a whole new depth of love oh and goodness. a whole new meaning of what love wants for me mm -hmm. okay let's let's pause and just take that from there for a sec so the power of this conversation is that you and I just met five seconds ago and the most beautiful thing is that you started off with vulnerability and you said I just broke up with my partner of four years so we can talk about that and I just want to honor you and acknowledge you for the strength that vulnerability really is. Like vulnerability is an act of love. It's an act to say, sometimes it's saying I'm not okay. And I don't know how much you know about my story, Sophia, but I think we have a lot of parallels is that I have suffered from depression in my life. It's actually why I'm a student of this work and I, why I went into uh, therapy and psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy and and all the things because I back in my 20s suffered from depression and I made it a mission to figure out what was the trauma what was the root cause that led to it because spoiler alert for all of you that are listening which is not a spoiler alert all of your shit is rooted in trauma okay period in the end and trauma there's we won't even go down that road because that's for other episodes but there's big t and small t big trauma small trauma but what the truth is, is all of us are always experiencing micro, micro traumas in our life that those micro traumas stem from our childhood environment. Even if you think you had a great childhood, you probably did, but it doesn't mean that your child like mine didn't interpret something as a trauma and a trauma to the point, Sophia, that's why when you, when you started with that, let's talk about love. And then I broke up with my partner and that that was such an act of love to someone on the street would be like, excuse me, I don't understand how it's an act of love. <laughs> and I'm here to say, actually, and what I just said before we press record is that sometimes the greatest act of love for yourself and someone else is, is to know when to say it's time to go. Mm -hmm. So I want to speak to that in terms of, because I can go on about, one more thing I'll say before I want to hear you say is that when we look at our, imprinting from childhood which is the biggest this is the work that I do the body of work I do is is really how our childhood informs our our psychology moving on in life and 
It informs our belief systems, our ways of being, acting, operating, thinking, feeling, etc. And it becomes a pattern. It becomes a, a, a vicious cycle or a pattern set of things and behaviors that people act out in their life. And the reason that this is so powerful that we've decided to talk about love is that the retreat that I just went on for 10 days was all about coming back to love in the self-love category, like really understanding when we're children and we feel a separation from our parents, what we're experiencing is that we're feeling a lack of love and safety in that primal primordial relationship. And then when we then go out in the world and we date or we marry or we, we do all these things in the external environment, it's just a mirror of the lack of love ability that we often feel inside of ourselves. And so that's why when you said, let's talk about this, I was like, this couldn't have been more beautifully curated. So, okay, enough of me. Tell me, tell me about your, this, this breakup and how this is a demonstration of love. Yeah, beautiful. Um, you know, it's like now I I went, um, I shared with my audience about that and I made a reel to honor our separation. And I like, I thought it's just like a thing I share with my community because everybody knows us together. We've run some events together. Uh, he is a lot of part of my marketing. My One of my best-selling courses about attracting true love into your life is all about how I attracted him four years ago. And like I did the practices and 10 days later, he walked into my life like right away. And then I was like, okay, I need to share this because I was telling people I was going through something. And I was like, okay, now it's time to to share. And the last thing I thought will happen is that this reel will go viral. Because now it's like, it's seen like by people all over the planet. There's like hundreds of thousands of people who are watching it. And so many opinions, obviously. And uh, for, I wrote it like that. Like I wrote that we came together in harmony and we left, we set each other free in harmony. And there's no resentment. There's no blame. We did not separate because of any conflict. There was no disagreement. There was no betrayal. There was no nothing. We just realized that we are not each other's final destination. And that brings up a lot in people, mm -hmm. a lot. It brings up things like, oh, how can you walk away from someone like that? Are you crazy? Like, this is just your ego speaking. Some mm -hmm. other women said, you will not find anyone better. Are you crazy? When you get older, you will know. Uh, some other people say, oh my gosh, this is a demonstration of love. Other people are so sad because we broke down their fairy tale idea of a perfect couple on a pedestal or, you know, fairy tale prince. So there's so much that comes up with that. And the truth of this within me is that we fought for this love. Like we fought for it and we came together. I, like we both didn't think it was going to be a thing. But we were so good together. We brought so much harmony. We both had just such a value of harmony. So mm. we've been like so good together. But somewhere deep down, there was a knowing that this was not going to last. And I really, I, I'm such a romantic. So I really put this knowing away mm -hmm. completely. I didn't want to listen to it. And I really fought for this love. And the more we stayed together, the, the more comfort, the more harmony, 
the more depth there was and so we just really were holding on to each other and fighting and fighting and like even fighting for it not with each other because we're so harmonious but we really tried and therapy and uh, couples retreats and I'm for me it's like a big part of my work like I know everything about how to make a relationship work actually so like and that has been the most humbling thing as well that I could not make my relationship like like perfect it, it was so good like 95% we are so good but 5% is not there so and that's what we've, we've come to realize that it's like it's a compromise that's there's a few things I want to ask you because I think this is so profound thank you for sharing that there's a couple pieces that you said that my brain just went you know this is how my mind works you know how humbling I think when you lead a particular type of transformation when you lead the the transformation of let's say relationships and intimacy and sexuality and all that right and people look at you like a guru and I love Tony Robbins's quote, I am not your guru. I think there's a few things around that. People look at people like us and they say, your life must be perfect in that area that you lead. And one of the things I say, and I say it very honestly and very openly, and I'm very vulnerable and very real about my breakdowns, my break, like all the things. I, I actually think that when we put someone on a pedestal and we say, oh, Sophia, she has to have the perfect relationship because she leads this work. We're actually taking away the fact that you're human and we all share a common humanity, which is that all of us suffer in different times in our life in different ways, even in the areas that we're experts in. <laughs> like, I'm not an expert in relationships, let's say, but I talk about healing and trauma and inner child work. Does that not mean that some days I'm unconsolable or freaking out or have, of course I'm human. What's the difference is that you and I can maybe get to the awareness much faster. We have the tools and we could say, okay, this is a moment of suffering and we all suffer. And like, how can I give myself some self-love or self-compassion in this moment? Right? Like the only difference is that I can get there faster, but it's not that we don't experience this, this pain. So I wanted to speak to that number one. Quite on the contrary, it's because we experience this pain. That's why we are so good at teaching it and uh-huh. throwing okay. people around. It's like, if I didn't know this pain, how could I help someone? That's <laughs> a beautiful point. I think because exactly, because you are willing to experience this pain, I think also because it sounds like you're so willing to be real with yourself you said something that I underlined that's important you said there was this knowing that it wasn't going to last and the knowing is your intuition your spiritual self your spiritual guide whatever you want to call it different you know different people call it different things I like to call it my higher self or my spiritual self is the knowing that knowing that women feel either in their heart or in their stomach or in their sacral or wherever you you feel it that knowing that even though it looks good and it feels good. And for the most part, it is good. There's this feeling that it's not a hundred percent right. So can we talk about that for you? Because I'm even curious, like, you know, you say 95% of things are in harmony and, but there was this knowing that it's not going to last. And I, I think it's important to talk about like the knowing and what it is, because I think for a lot of women, I will even just speak to the, about the women in my community I think depending on your culture and depending where you're from and all the things like women are really, I think, conditioned to believe that like 
it's it's okay. Good enough is good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good enough is good enough. And I know, like, I know I was in relationships like that my entire life where there was such a strong knowing it wasn't right. But my intellect overrode my spiritual self, which is, I think, what a lot of women, especially type A women, CEO women, they, 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 they lead with the intellect rather than the intuition. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear from you, like, because it takes a lot of, like, guts to end something that is so beautiful, but doesn't 100% feed the spiritual self. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so that's what I call the high priestess knowing or the higher self knowing. And it's so hard to hear it when our minds are so busy and we are so busy bombarded with all the ideas. Perfect relationship. What will my parents say? What what do we represent for the whole world? What does it mean to be single? Like so many, so much stuff. But then the silent knowing of just like, like it is done. That's what happened to us because in these four years together, like I don't regret a second of it. It was so important. Mm -hmm. Everything that matured for me, anything that was kind of lacking in the relationship, it's also helped me get empowered in other areas and get humbled in some areas and, and learn and just like the molding and also just the particular flavor of our relationship is that there was just so much sweetness. He's just such a sweet being that he held me in so much love which I really desperately needed especially after the 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 pain and the wounding with men and everything in my life so that just nurtured me so much and also we came to this place of just stopping blame for each other we just stopped that together and this created such a maturity such a it came from such a healing and uh, then at the same time yeah there's this voice this knowing like it is done. We actually have come together to give that to each other, to share with each other. Because also we have this kind of fairy tale idea that's like just find the one and stay with them forever until death do you part. But this is not true. Some relationships are like that. And other relationships, it's like we come together for a certain mission and we need to exchange codes with each other. We need to heal each other. We need to support each other. We need to serve each other. And then at some point, it is done. And it's yes. a big disservice to hold on and holding on is so addictive. We hold on and we just control our lives so addictively. But then when we release, we see that actually holding on is protecting us from our highest path, from our supreme destiny. Absolutely. You know, Mary, as you were talking, I'm thinking about, I'm sure you've read Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love. And she mm-hmm. talks about there's three kinds of relationships. She calls it like the intimate related there's a one relationship there's the intimate relationship and there's a holy relationship and the idea as you were talking I'm like this is exactly it it's that some people are meant to come into your life to be a mirror for the wounding I believe intimate intimate relationships are your I mean my husband and I are both in this work and all we do are we're always Sophia holding up a mirror for the other other person to look deeply at what patterns they do not have yet healed because if you spot it in someone else you've got it in you so it's like if I'm triggered by my husband with for whatever if we're in an unconscious relationship all we do is blame you made me feel blah 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 when you're in a conscious relationship 
an intimate relationship where you're there as a mirror to say, wow, like I still have this part of myself that's very wounded. I feel unworthy. I feel unlovable. I feel unsafe. I don't feel good enough. Whatever it is that this person's behavior is just triggering what's already inside of me. Okay. But the holy, but what she talks about in the return to love is like, sometimes a relationship is there to be the mirror. Once you've healed that wounding, the relationship has served its purpose. And I think in the, I think when people hear that, they can be like, well, that sounds callous or that sounds like you're whatever it is. But the truth is, is that how many people stay in relationships for 20, 30 years longer than they should, because they feel that they have to, but they're so desperately unhappy. Like you probably see that all the time. Yeah. And I know I thought, uh, felt into that, just into that part of me that was holding on so strong and also put myself into a certain limited identity, which I call this wife mode, even though we were not married, but it's like, it's like there's certain like state that I tighten myself into. And I was recently just like in the breakup, I'm just healing so much and it's incredible. So I was like going into this process just the other day and I was feeling just the contraction that I put myself into. It has nothing to do with him. It's all me. I put myself in it because I thought that that was incredible epiphany because somewhere deep down, I believe that if I were to be all that I am, that he would kill me, that he would just hate me and that he would destroy me. And I was like, huh? What? that That is profound because that speaks to our greatest fear, I think, for a lot, a lot of the women listening are going to relate. We're so terrified of fully being self-expressed because yes. subconscious mind is linked to safety. And yeah. you, if you grew up in an environment where you were told, be quiet, don't be too much, don't take up space, then you're in intimate relationship with a man and you're like, okay, I can be 90% of myself, but if I'm 100%, he's going to leave. Why? It's not safe to fully be myself. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry, a little bit of a behind the scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.